When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hello and welcome to There Will Be Dungeons uh, from therewillbedungeons.com. Yeah, that's our website. You can go there anytime and learn all about the stuff we've done or are doing or will do. And uh, we're here again for another session with our DM, uh, Kyle Ferguson. He's got all kinds of fun stuff planned for us today. So I would just like to say as a reminder, if you like a nice warm tea in the morning or at night or in the middle of the day, whatever your preference may be, head to phoenixpearltea.com slash DWBD rather and grab a tea that most fits your day and perhaps your favorite part of the show. That's phoenixpearltea.com slash TWBD. All right. Wasting no time, we toss it over to Kyle to remind us what happened last time on There Will Be Dungeons. Last time on There Will Be Dungeons, the Delvers completed going through the bags of the many, many items they had taken in their job with the Cloven Brotherhood, the Seder Thief Group, who was an honorable thief group and worked alongside the Guild. The group scored big, earning a massive amount of gold, though Grinkeeper, the Paladin, decided to have none of it and divvied it among her friends. However, she did purchase a bag of holding there. Since last time, Co went shopping a little bit. We've had about a day and a half. They left the Thieves Guild at about five in the morning, returned home and decided to take a day off and go to the Guild to give the items to Cassius they had found in Wither's Keep. During that time, Co has bought a Cape of the Mountebank, a goggles of night and a glamour studded leather armor Grinkeeper purchased herself sovereign's glue and a wind fan and Splendorbelt spent his time on the farm yeah pinching his pennies pinching the nickel till the Indian rides the buffalo as my dad used to say (laughs) (laughs) that's a good one (laughs) uh, even I as a kid didn't know there used to be buffaloes or Indians on our coins was so. abraham lincoln not on the penny in the past no it was a, it was a it was nickels and in back in the day there was a native american on one side and a buffalo on the other i guess that was way before my time but my understanding is that the big saying was if you were real if you were a hardcore you know money scrimper you're super stingy you'd pinch that nickel so hard that that indian would ride the buffalo was the was the old saying it's pretty dumb but huh. But so Lincoln's seems- in his castle then. Yeah. Yeah. There. Yeah, okay. Yeah. We modernized it. Look at that. <laughs> good job, everyone. Good game today. Yeah. We did job. it. We did yeah. it. Uh, so a day has passed. A number of smaller events took place during the to- this time. So let's go around the group 
and see what everybody got to before we return to the Dungeon Guild to speak with Cassius about our findings inside the Withers Mansion. First up, Grinkeeper, you returned to school at about 6.30 in the morning and had a class at 8 a.m. Please roll a constitution saving throw. Nineteen. You managed to shake it off. No long rest for you, not barely even a short rest. You're doing just fine. You get all dressed up in the morning, you wipe the sleep from your eyes, and you attend a meeting that is being held about which restaurant in Atomer should source the food for the upcoming bronze ball. At the meeting, Lady Vestal presents several options to the gals around you, the many students that attend the finishing school. Orchard Lounge, a elven fusion restaurant. Ruby Street Kitchen, a brew house by the halflings. The Green Horse, soups and salads. The Kindred Chop House, dwarven meats and barbecue. Or The Garlic Fox, a bakery and sandwich delicatessen. After these options have been provided, uh, it is passed around the room by Lady Vestal to all the ladies to make their selection and their case. You, of course, know full well that Lady Vestal has already selected which restaurant will be catering the ball. This is more of a test for the ladies. Grinkeeper would choose the Elven Fusion restaurant uh, with the argument that other foods are too dirty or too greasy. You want something fine and delicate as you dance the night away. Ooh, make a make a make a persuasion with that. That's a good argument. Got to stay, you know, light of foot, healthy. Twenty-two. An uncharacteristically good speech by Grinkeeper sends all the ladies. Ooh, and, and a light clap goes out. You know, very very close to the lap. Little light clap goes out. Well, Grinkeeper, it is good of you to stay focused on the dance for the evening. Very true, ladies. We do not want to weigh down our adventurers. And as they are usually out and about, they would be quite gaseous and poor dancers in the first place. Your day continues as such, and horseback riding lessons are in the evening. Co, back at home, now with your advanced forgery kit you have had at the Withers family portrait to find the map underneath. Is there anything else you do with your day? Uh, I would gather up the items to take to Cassius, because um, I, I think I had most of them. So I'd have everything ready. Um, the... Uh, I would include the map in the items that are going but I would definitely take some time to make a, at least a rudimentary copy of it in case it becomes relevant later. Let's do a, let's do a roll for that, but anything below a 10, we'll just assume you had all day to do it, so we won't worry too much about it. Okay. What, what kind of roll you want? Oh man, what, what did we do for it last time when you were there using your forgery kit from your pocket? Or do we do a straight dex plus proficiency? Yeah, straight dex plus proficiency, because that's what you do for thieves' tools. Yeah. Uh, it is a 18, 19, 20, that'd be 21. 
Okay, so you finish at about 7 p.m. at night. It takes you all day to carefully scrape and reconstruct as well as copy the map from underneath. You started in the upper corner where you noted that there was a secret passage of some kind noted there. I'm going to drop a copy of the map for you in the Discord here. As you revealed the map from that upper left corner, you noticed some stairs, a certain secret word with instructions for it to be said inside the Withers Keep in front of the main staircase as you first enter. There is worked tunnels that occupy the upper left half of the map, clearly as something was dug down and then explored outward like a mining operation. But eventually it seems that the map enters more natural tunnels that wind and wither and slither about through the natural formations. And there are several notes upon this map left by, you can assume, Enzo Withers in the past, including the phonomic device discovered, the Roper Brood, a hooked horror nest, a secret door to the lake bed, one map location says, the Fairnix, to the umbral flight, and a large structure, a wide room listed as the Black Basilica. All right, well, he will tuck that into the bag of holding uh, and then spend the rest of his time doing his various purchases and other work like that. But beyond that, just time with his daughter. Enjoy the time at home. Uh, When you go to make your purchases, are you dressed as Merchant Co. or Adventurer Co.? Uh, He'd go... Since you are visiting, likely, um, unless you're looking for some sort of side deal, you're going to Gruber Lifton's Arcane to go. Yeah, they've dealt with me as an adventurer, so it would it would be a change into adventurer, which will be fine because one of the items that he's going to acquire will solve this problem. Oh, really? Tell us about it. So uh, once Co procures his uh, glamoured studded armor... Um, he finds a place to change into it uh, in private and comes out again looking very much the adventurer very much as he did in studded leathers uh, dark studded leathers and uh, as he makes his way back to the merchant district he whispers a word he just says let's call it a day and the armor shimmers and shifts into a merchant's outfit a formal merchant's attire and he just continues down the street. Oh, very cool. Oh, wow, that doesn't require attunement at all either. So that's a that's a free no. item, as it were. That's awesome, yeah. yeah. Very nice. Meanwhile, on the farm, Splendor Belt, you returned also around. Actually, you would have a bit longer of a walk. We were on the east side of town, but you would have gotten home around 7 a.m. as the sun is just rising. Did you continue your day. In fact, um, if you went to the farm, where do you sleep? In the rundown house or the rundown tower? So the rundown uh, tower has more uh, overhead structure, I believe. Tell me if I'm wrong. I I would have stayed in either structure that had more uh, shelter. And if my memory serves, the house or the old shack house thing has none. Like the roof's like gone. Or essentially gone. So I would have done 
whichever one gave me more protection from potential rain and or, you know, things in the sky <laughs> is where I would have sure. said. <laughs> uh, so there is the remains of a staircase that don't go all the way to the top of the tower. The roof is missing on the tower, but those stairs do supply a sort of covering that is wide enough to sleep under. Uh, previously, you would have had to clear out the old the old sea hags cauldron from that area as that's where she also slept and kept her goodies right and i would have i would have cleared all that stuff out and simple bedroll nothing crazy it's not permanent but i would have definitely used that as my you know my place to rest or sleep as you approach the farm and heading towards your now slightly established um shall we call it a um bachelor pad (laughs) yeah the the arm on your scarecrow wiggles in a gesture of hello. I would uh, I would wave back. I would kind of just gesture in the sim- in a similar way and say, "I presume everything has been okay since I was last here before I left." Oh, good, very good, very good to see you, master. It's very nice to see you too. No, no, uh, you know, uh, bandits or uh, magical bullshit while I was gone. I didn't. The meaning of bullshit? <laughs> uh, just anything, anything out of the ordinary, any kind of uh, attack or bright lights or anything weird. Was it was all quiet at the farm? I like intestines to make the bullshit. I will try to generate them for you. Well, we will see. We are, we are thinking, as I as we spoke, we are thinking about re- giving you full reconstitution. But for now, you just keep eyes on um, the place while I am my, when I am away. Oh, oh, you you care about my reconstitution? At some point, yes. But do not, oh. you know, no time. This is no time frame. We we just talk saw- about the eventuality here. And he and he gives himself, you know, in his little scarecrow stick, a kind of jump to the sideways, facing now out towards the east, out towards the swamplands. I saw the fishman, the fishman watch from the bush in the water. Uh, and what? Uh, anything other than he's just looking, or something I should be concerned with? Wet eyes, big wet eyes. Well, he is fishman. Did he do uh, anything like uh, throw stuff on land or uh, uh, talk to other fishmen? Any of this? No. No, he ate the berries from the bush where he hid. Okay, it's probably okay. But this is good, dude. This is what I'm asking. You keep good good eye out even even when it is nothing. Seems like this is no big deal. Yes, I watch. I watch. Sleep well. Sleep well, master. I will. You you as well, if that is possible in your form. Oh, I do not sleep. I, I have a vigil. <laughs> okay, so you keep eye out even when uh, when I'm sleeping, yes? I can't sleep. I lack the organs for the sleeping. <laughs> well, good. This will one day be part of your reconstitution, but for now, it's good for me to sleep and you for keeping eye out. It's all working together as planned. Sleep tight. 
<laughs> okay. And I'll make my way. I'll make my way to the tower. As you <laughs> climb into your your tower bed, you pull out the piece of paper with the many many upgrades available to you here on the farm, mm. and the gold from your mighty hall with the Cloven Brotherhood jingles in your mind, perhaps in your pocket. Uh, oh yes, because Co stole. A bag, not to make accusations, of course, but Co right. stole a bag of holding, and Grinkeeper purchased a bag of holding. So your monies, which was about seven thousand plus an additional five thousand from Grinkeeper, are just jangling in your pockets, yeah. along with the gems which you decided to not translate, so you could have one of each. Right. Um, I would probably want to figure out a way to stow this business. Because I can't be running around with money all the time, and I don't want to—I don't want the the cow to see where I put it. So, I would want to—I <laughs> would want to like bury it and or hide it under some rubble or something that I felt was safe. So I'm, I'm, I I I would probably want—I'd probably go out about the business of looking for said safe space to put it, buried or otherwise inside of the castle, preferably. Evenly amongst some breakable <laughs> pottery vases spread out around the farm. Seems like a very bad idea, and we'll only invite uh, heroic <laughs> adventurers to come and break them. So I would One probably. One thing of note, uh, yeah. Kyle. Sorry, mm-hmm. real quick. Uh, I forgot to mention in the evidence turned into Cassius. I would not be including the music box. That would be okay. Hold on too. Good to know. Good to know. Uh, we'll we'll do a full list when we get there, just to be sure. Every because okay. there's also certain items that were pocketed by one splendor belt, which might not also be sent over for inspection. Yeah. So but we'll get there in a moment. Yeah. So, so you have a wooden foundation building, and you have a stone tower foundation. Uh, you know, an obvious place to hide some things, of course, would be under a brick or under a floorboard. There's also, of course, the Minotaur and something you could put in his range or in his skull, even if you wanted, and anything there above, below, out in the woods, whatever. Now, what would Splendorbelt pick? Um, uh, he would be inclined to find um, a hole or a crevice or a or a something natural or otherwise in the rubble of the tower, so that he could put heavy stone objects over it, and make it more make it more difficult to remove or find or otherwise discover more more than floorboards in his head floorboards are everyone does that he wouldn't want to do that it's like hiding your key under your doormat everyone does that so he wouldn't want that so not necessarily you're not talking about like the foundation stones in the tower you're talking about more in the tower walls and the steps something more along that yeah line. something like that where something has fallen out and i can jam back in with the money behind it or i could if there's some small sort of hole somewhere uh that I either that has already either naturally happened from the destruction or i could dig myself and then put a larger hunk of rubble on top of that sort of thing is what i'd look for okay let's roll an investigation check then okay. as you search about you could also do uh perception should you choose Let's that do skill instead. perception, I think. Uh, why won't it let me... I just realized. Um, all my... My roll buttons are gone. Hold on, let me... I changed browsers. That may have done it. 
me bring Chrome back up. Hold on, everybody. No big deal. Just Scott realizing that changing browsers isn't always a good idea. Okay, there we go. That's okay. We'll jump over to Grinkeeper real okay. fast. Yeah, do that. Grinkeeper will ride on your earlier uh, constitution saving throw for your sleep. So you're making it through the day. Of course, getting a little, little weathered as the day goes on. However, it's time for riding class. And I would like you to make a dexterity saving throw. Or an acrobatics if the skill is higher for you. Six. Six. A disastrous lesson <laughs> commences. Oh no. She's terrible at riding horses. The fellow students are quite amused by your lack of ability. And the teacher suggests that maybe perhaps you should switch over to tennis instead. This is going to be, after all, a full semester class. Grinkeeper thanks them for their kind suggestion, but she will see this class through to the end. Thank you very much. Her parents didn't pay for her to take tennis. Very well. You said that with such <laughs> disdain. Wow. There'll be a story there. Hmm. Should we roll perhaps another persuasion or deception here? Uh, let's go with deception because her parents wouldn't care. They would probably prefer if she took tennis. Okay. Especially her mother. Uh, 15. All right. All right. Everyone is awed by your determination after your recent performance during the food selection uh, meeting. You're certainly rising in rank at the moment. Grinkeeper, the frail girl who could barely stand three days ago, is now out riding horses. You know, maybe it's not such a big deal that she's messing up and a little tired today. After all, she did just recover from many, many ailments. We jump back to the farm. Yes. Where I was about to do this. A perception roll of 13. And that's the spot you find. A 13 perception spot. Okay. A, a brick has fallen out of the wall, and below it is a large, empty brick. And inside you, in, in fact, find uh, that the previous hag was also using this. Inside you find a very dried and very withered bill of a duck. A bloodied rag a wool cap and a knuckle bone which has been hollowed out and filled with some sort of plant matter. Alright. I would uh, I would look at that I would look at that knuckle bone see if I could find anything about it that makes it unique maybe an arcana check or something to sort of just I don't know see if it's more than just a knuckle bone. Yeah, make a nature check. Nature it is. Uh, that's an 18. Seems she built some sort of smoking device out of this knuckle bone, and it's basic tobacco. Okay. So it's just paraphernalia. Um, then I would, I would, I would pull all of that garbage out of there and shove it to the side. Oh no, this is a bad idea because that's someone's hiding place and now it's going to be mine and they'll they'll go looking for their stuff and find my money. Nope, Technically, we, kill, we killed yeah, you, Scott. And <laughs> I believe 
she exploded into eels and uh, Greenkeeper smashed all the eels. So what she when she died, she turned into animals and the animals that died are dead. So we're sure this is hers, though. Like, it wouldn't be anyone oh, that's else's. Good point. That's all I was saying. You know, I mean, it could be someone else's knuckle bone and bill of a duck. <laughs> um, well, given that that stuff's still there and not taken again by whoever would take it after her demise, if it wasn't hers or if someone else knew about it, the fact that it's still there tells me that no one knows and no one's coming to get it. So I'll deduce that it's safe enough to, to do. So I'll, I'll pull that stuff out of there, push it to the side and, and start jamming my cash in there. Hiding spots taken. <laughs> I'm going to hide my weed in there. You start shoving your gold in there and you realize after about a hundred pieces, this spot isn't big enough for all that gold and all those gems. Mm. Well, in the gems, in the case of the gems, I only have, what, one of each kind? How many do I have total? Yeah, you could put all the gems in here. That would fit. Let's make this the gem hole then. All right, gem hole. Yeah, gem hole is truly outrageous. So if we cover that up with uh, whatever, the the brick, uh, uh, that's where we'll keep gems, and then I'll I'll do a similar hunt for something larger for the money. Let's do another roll then. All right. Perception incoming. 16. You find a large rock over past your farm where the Minotaur stands. This is uh, this would be on the east side. And underneath that rock are many worms and other sorts of wiggly critters and, uh, well, perhaps potato bugs. But this boulder, with your massive hack orc strength, was pretty heavy, and it is in view of the Minotaur, who would be able to at least scream and freak out anybody who found it, and the recess underneath is quite large. Okay. That seems like a good fit. I will... I will commence to uh, putting my hard-earned cash in there. Assuming there's room. You do so. All right, cool. You do so. A massive, massive pile of gold is now buried under the rock on the east side of the farm in view of the Minotaur. Who could, if someone were to attack or approach the rock, could at the very least throw his scarecrow self at the target and maybe knock them out? Okay. I like it. Then we proceed to day, I guess this was day one, but it's kind of that, that confusing, you sort of flu sort of business, but like you don't really know what day it is. So the first <laughs> night didn't really count. I guess Splinterbell got to sleep. Co had more of a normal day. Grinkeeper was forced to get up, but we come to the next night where everybody gets their official long rest. So make sure to update your character sheets with that. And then, done. waking the next day, we all agreed to meet at the guild at about 7 o'clock, with, of course, the wiggle room given for Grinkeeper, who usually runs late around 7.35. Well, I would definitely be there on time, or I would try to be. And we head to the guild. Upon entering the guild this morning, Coast Splendor Belt, you are there on time and ready. You see the place is 
populated as it normally is on a busy little guild day. There are people coming and going, adventurers, wood leaguers, bronze leaguers, all taking jobs and getting ready for the day. As per usual, Riley, Man Cave, and Belsoonish are at the bar, tended by Groinhammer. There is a new gal and guy standing at the job board looking rather flummoxed, rather confused and a little sweaty about it. As they stand attempting to select a job, the map is there. All the jobs are listed on it, uh, of which there are quite a few available today, and some are already being selected and taken down. As you watch, the the new wood couple takes the job Bone Beach and heads to the front desk. In addition, you see such jobs as Camp Wyvern, Poppin' Slads, Triple Threat, Albear Bridge, and the two silver quests that have not moved in a while, Dragon Mountain and Research Recon. Cassius stands behind the front main desk where all the jobs are turned in and, of course, selected, and Clearstone is manning the acquisitions desk this morning, which means Jimmy is apparently off, though, as we all know, Jimmy likes to run the night shift as well. Uh, you also see in the common area where the desks are, Broadside. This was the Goliath that you saved from his sort of mind-controlled days during your final mission of the previous season, as well as Vivian Plume. This is a flame-haired blue lady who sits having a lovely little cracker and cheese lunch with a small imp across from her who giggles and also enjoys the cheese and crackers. By blue lady, you just mean she's that she's blue in color. But do we re- can does anyone recognize her, like her background, her race, her whatever? Yes, but I said it wrong for years in my head, so I need to look it up real fast. Hang on, Janasi. Because I called it Gensai for like my entire growing up childhood, so it, it's a little difficult for me. <laughs> uh, but you would know that this is a fire Janasi by the looks of her, and the fact that she has an imp familiar with her, likely a warlock. In fact, you would have seen her at the well during the All Bronze operation, there alongside the very excited uh, wizard gnome who was launching fireballs down the hole, as it were. So she's part of the five emissaries. Halfling, Dharma Edgestream was her name. Okay. Not to uh, want to look out of place or anything, I would casually move over, take a seat at one of the tables to wait for Grinkeeper. No need to go and see Cassius just yet. As you walk over to the tables, waiting areas, lunch areas, common areas, where everyone enjoys a good drink after an adventure, Broadside gives you a wave. Give him a, a nod. Is he just acknowledging, or is he wanting to chat? He's, he's seeming a little excited to see you. In fact, he hasn't talked to you since that day you all went to the Noble Hollow together. I'm going to sit down next to Broadside. Co, yes? Yes. I wish to thank you for that day. Now, three weeks ago, you saved me from that daze that I found there in the Underdark. I appreciate you. Your recommendation also allowed me to keep my job. 
You seem like a decent person, and dealing with magics can be tricky, for sure. I... you have gotten back on your feet, it seems, if you're back in the guild. I have. I found the guild's work to be slightly unsettling since my time in the Underdark. However, I am finding comfort in doing lower-level quests and making a living for myself there. You might be interested to know that Cheat, the necromancer, Death Domain Cleric, was reprimanded and sent for clerical duty at the Academy. I have to say, I honestly think this is probably for the best. Uh, Cheat was a little... a little much. I worked for her f with her for many years. I found her to be efficient, but she enjoyed all aspects of her job, including the darker ones, if you catch my meaning. I do. If you ever get a chance to stand for review for her, I would hope that you give an honest review. She did not act unkindly. She did not act against the guild's intentions. She was merely overcome with curiosity as to what the Noble Hollow would present that day. It is a fair assessment, but it would also be fair to say that her curiosity nearly got a great number of people killed. This is true. This is very true. My last memories was as we entered the catacombs there in the forest dungeons. Tell me, have you learned anything? Perhaps I should not ask. My mental state, I've been informed, is uh, fragile and should not inquire about this any further. Take it easy, one day at a time. I think you are doing good work trying to get back to where you were. And if you are happy, that is all that really matters. Uh, have you found yourself a new group, or are you operating solo? Operating solo for now, taking bronze and lower quests. It is not an honorable job, but it does afford me a life and peace of mind. If there's anything I can ever help you with, though, if uh, I may, I would be happy to pay back my debt. Of course, we will keep you in mind. While this conversation takes place, Spenderbelt, you have also entered the guild. Is there anything you'd like to do? Uh, no, other than I would see Ko in this interaction and assume that it would be cool for me to go over there. So I will go stand kind of awkwardly there. I won't introduce myself or, you know, interject. I'll just stand there. Just sort of hover by the table like a... Yeah, uh, a kid coming to, to lunch at their first day of school yeah. and all the friends are already established they're already there they're already talking and I don't know who to talk to so I'll just kind of sort of stand there and try to try to blend in despite my size and you know sort of sore thumb sticking out sort of appearance ah Splendorbelt I too must thank you please join me at my table I would be happy to purchase you a food item of your wish oh this is good very, very nice. Thank you very much. And I would pull up a chair and say, uh, uh, breakfast potato. They make it here for me, so they know what to do. Excellent. I will return with this breakfast potato. Gentlemen. And he stands up and walks towards the bar with groin hammer. Bradside is doing good, but he is a very intense individual. Yes. Very generous, though. He's getting me a potato. 
<laughs> you should get. <laughs> is he bringing you anything or just me? I I am fine. I do not need a breakfast potato. But uh, <laughs> how are things going on the potato farm? Pretty soon, you're going to be the one supplying the potatoes. I think it's going very good. I I in fact found a place to hide all my money. That's all. It's a. Uh, I'm hopeful no one will know where to find it, or I can spend it before they do. Okay, this is something you probably will just keep to yourself from now on. Yeah. Well, I tell you, because, you know, you're not, you, you, you would never steal my money. But, uh, I am the rogue of the group, I will point out to you, but yes, I'm not going to steal your... I'm not going to steal it. Okay. But, uh, you know, you don't want people to know that you have a large sum of money tucked away. This is true. Well, I trust that you will keep it between us, but uh, I feel good about this, and uh, uh, oh God, well, you know, I spend all my money on improvements for this farm. Oh, you've decided to uh, rebuild it. Yes. It needs much, much work, but I am willing to do it. I think it's, uh, I think it's a noble cause, so very good. Where is uh, Greenkeeper this morning? She is late. And huffing and puffing through the door comes a exhausted from running Greenkeeper. Breakfast! Let's get some breakfast! Oh, bye. And then she sits down <laughs> next to everybody. Coming back with a plate looking too small for his hands and two cups of water comes Broadside, the Goliath uh, with the name of Cole Clavis. Oh, another Grinkeeper. I owe you my thanks. Perhaps a breakfast potato for you. I have brought water for Co, who wanted nothing. That sounds, that sounds great. A breakfast potato, then. I shall <laughs> return. Many thanks. These potatoes he... are great ideas, Blunderbelt. <laughs> One day you'll eat mine. It will be my potato you eat. One day. <laughs> We we can only look forward to that. <laughs> uh, excuse me, Splinterbelt? Uh, yes? The young wood leaguer who was standing at the board earlier has made his way over. Uh, I'm, uh, I'm healing for my first group today. I, I heard you're, you're going to be promoted to silver soon. Any advice on my first day? Uh, what is your name? My name is uh, Carl Fidget. Oh, that's an unfortunate last name to have. Uh, should I? Oh, <laughs> no, it's fine. It's fine. <laughs> uh, you, you, you know, your name, a name is a name. It uh, doesn't matter. It's uh, it's like uh, you know, nobody cares if you call. And I'll be thinking about my potato farm name as I'm thinking about this to tell him this because it's important. Uh, you can have a bad brand name, but if people like the name because they like what it is, then they will accept your name and become it will become legendary. And I would use some example that's like we would with Google or something today. Like it's a dumb name until it has meaning. And I would say, so all, your name will only be as good as your actions and your actions must be pure. Uh... The main goal is you keep your team safe and and healthy, and you heal them first before you heal yourself. Or if you are dying, you best heal yourself and then heal them. 
<laughs> I suppose it depends on the situation. He's, he's like, uh, <laughs> he's complicated sometimes, but you'll do great. I have great confidence you will do fine. You look like strapping young, ready to go man. It will go uh, fine. Uh, yeah, that's that's good advice. Um, I'm going to Bone 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 Beach today. Okay. Uh, any advice on turning undead? Uh, you mean turning others to not be undead? Or no, the the cleric ability turn undead. It's, oh, shit. I hear it's very important against the undead. Uh, yes, I I'm very familiar with this action. One moment, please. <laughs> Hold on a second. I really don't know much. Why more. isn't he a teacher? Yeah, why, why a potato farmer? Yeah, why, why isn't he instructing the youths? Can't figure out why. Um, all right. Why isn't this spell shit working? Hold on. I'm trying to find this damn spell. What is it again? Turn on dead? <laughs> um, uh... Dead. Turn undead. Oh, that's why I did turning. Okay. Just picture Splendor Belt flipping through a little book. <laughs> the table is just well done. Hold on, I have not done this one before. Why? Why isn't it letting me see it? Prepared spells. Hold on, known spells. Let me add one. There we go. Turn I have undead. a book of many prayers. Undead. <laughs> okay, here we go. Turn undead. Uh. It's not showing up. I don't know why. Because it's a channel divinity ability. Oh, is that why? It's be in your features. <laughs> oh, yep. it's a feature. All right, well, I didn't know that. Hold on, okay. Channel divinity. Here we go. Turn undead one action. Well, let me tell you. As an action, <clears throat> you present your holy symbol and speak a prayer censoring, censuring the undead. Each undead can then see or hear with you within 30 feet. Or uh, uh, you must make a wisdom saving throw. If the creature fails its saving throw, it is turned to uh, for one minute or until it takes any damage. This is very good. It's a very cool spell that I knew all about before you asked. Oh, okay. Well, thanks for the advice, Splendor Bell. Good luck <laughs> on your promotion. <laughs> I'll go, hey, hey, hold on. Just one second. And I will slip him a raw potato. And I'll say, when things are dark and you think all is lost, have potato in hand and rub it and remind yourself that all all can be well. Even the most dead potato can sprout into a whole whole bunch of potatoes. So this is my this is my gift to you, and I, I gingerly and carefully hand them this potato as if it's a sacred relic. Wow. Alright. Uh Celia to Bone Beach we go! And he heads out the door with a young lass with a shield and a sword. For a moment it crosses your mind that should he get into trouble, whipping out a potato might be his first option. But uh, maybe we'll hear from Carl Fidget later on after his mission. Like a season five villain in the making right here. You gave me potato advice. (laughs) That's how Syndrome was made after all. That's right. He thought he was his ward. Broadside returns, now featuring yet another breakfast potato, and sits down at the table. It is good that you all are here. Now I can thank you all in unison. Thank you for saving me that day. I have been told my mission was to place you inside of a cart 
after knocking you out and take you to the Noble Hollow as a sacrifice for whatever beast was summoned. I apologize. Well, it's good you did not you did not do this. I agree. Well, we hold no grudge. We know that you were not, uh, you know, it was not of your own accord. Thank you. Not to mention, you helped us fight, and there is a lot to be said in the redemption. So, not many people would have done what you did, which is uh, getting beaten up spectacularly, and then still running right back out to get into another fight, so. I appreciate that. Grinkeeper. Oh, um, <laughs> um, I was finishing my first bite of this potato. You're cool. Cool. Excellent. I will continue to be as cool as possible. Perhaps I will see you later. I am off to fight cranium rats for the day. I am accepting the rat race. It pays 120 gold. Goodbye now. Bye-bye. And he leaves out the door. He's not on the same team as the... Detailed, focused person. Is he on the same team as the kid I gave the potato to? No, he was operating as a silver leaguer before the incident that happened at the end of last season. That's right, and they're just wood league. Okay. Got it. Then you all continue your breakfast. But is there anything you want to talk about now that the Cassius desk is open before you approach? Uh, Co would just mention that. I think it's time we got this uh, evidence over to Cassius. I'm good. Yes, this is fine, and I would wolf down whatever was left of my breakfast potato. I think we should all go up. Just, you know, look normal. Splendor belt, look normal. <laughs> Why, what does this mean? I'm uh, always just, normal. Okay, follow behind us and just stand there. <laughs> okay. Now, as you approach, Ko, uh, you did pick up those several items. You mentioned that the glamour-studded leather armor allows you to transform it into normal armor. Does it look any more robust or special in its natural armor form, or do you decide that as well? Uh, no, it's, uh, it looks like pretty standard studded leather armor, but I can change it to look however I want. It doesn't necessarily have to look like, uh, clothes, so I can fancy up the armor if I want. I can, uh, kind of do whatever I want with it. But right now, Ko looks pretty much exactly how he looked on previous adventures. Are the goggles resting on your forehead, or do you keep them in a pocket? Uh, they're in a pocket. And the cape is sort of, the base description is a bright red cape. Is that on as well? Yep. So he's got a a flowing red cape hanging down from his back. Looks very regal. The sash that normally was around his neck is uh, tucked away. So the cape has kind of taken its place. Excellent. And Splendor Belt, you are currently wearing the cloak of protection you found at the Withers Vault. Correct. But I've purchased no additional items. 
Grinkeeper, you have the Sovereign's Glue and the Wind Fan. Are those both in a bag or do you keep those equipped on your person? They're in my bag of holding. Excellent. Which is a sort of side satchel with the gems which would hang across your chest. Perfect. You approach the desk and Cassius looks up. Ah, good to see you all. I can tell that you all were quite uh, fortuitous in your mission. We found some cool stuff. Yes, Grinkeeper, thank you. Let us talk in the back. Please, I will unlock the side door for you. And he gestures to his left, your right, where the side door leads back to, well, as far as Grinkeeper knows, Cassius's office, but a number of rooms. All right, we'll follow along. He leaves his desk, the door by you unlocks, and you enter a long, ten-foot-wide hallway that spans the length of the building for the most part. As you walk down the hallway, you see Archives and Quests, a room that would be connected to where the quest board is on the opposite side, but you do not enter there. You pass a door labeled Cassius's office, Clearstone's office, Jimmy's office. You hear a, a slight snoring coming from Jimmy's office as you pass. There is a door that says war room, but the war is in quotations. You go through the door at the end of the hall. Here you see a another two rooms out in front of you, Selenar's office, personal storage, and then Carrie Underworld's office, and you enter into there. As you enter, you are immediately assaulted by the many dusty, booky smells like that of an old library archive. Inside, you see an overly labeled pile of shelves. By that, I mean everything has a labeled. Wire, ropes, gloves, uh, antitoxins, uh, light stones, thunderstones, wands, orbs, my glasses. Everything has a little label next to it. But, you know, for the most part, the room is well kept. The books are haphazardly stacked, though, on top of the tables. Uh, there are far too many hourglasses to be of any use scattered about the room. Several abacuses are laying on the floor. But there's no odd food items. The smells are all of archives, not of death or anything alchemy related. You do see along the back wall, however, though, in this large 25 by 30 foot room that's kind of making up this laboratory area, an isolation glove box. This is what you would find in sort of a, a, a disease lab. A glass box with two glove holes that go into it so they can interact on the inside. You also see many, many tongs hanging from the wall and what looks like a small torture rack, as well as a small number of torture devices, but they're all tiny. They don't look like they're made for humans. Also, opera's playing. <laughs> what is this? I don't <laughs> know. I don't know why that's playing. I'll find out, though. That's weird. An old record player over in the corner. <laughs> there we go. I was hoping for something. Oh, that's a music box. All right, well, continue. I'll find I'll find the right thing. <laughs> okay, you know, it, probably like a search for like alchemy lab kind of stuff made it a little weird. You know, this this is more um sterile. Uh it's still very much personalized, but clinical. And as you enter Carrie Underworld, the halfling who wears her lab coat and has her large red horns 
sits with her arms inside of the isolation box. And over her shoulder, you can see that there is a short sword in there. And she has a wand and she's poking and prodding the short, uh, short sword saying, wake up, wake up. Are you awake? Are you awake? Ah, he's not real. Oh, hey, everybody. Uh, hello, Carrie. Uh, what? Oh, oh Cassius, why? Well, it, uh, it's, 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 it's been a while. Um, how's, um, training going, Co? Uh, great. We are, uh, we're doing very good. Yeah, Wildfire still meeting up with you? Uh, it's been a little bit of time since I've seen Wildfire, but, um, you know, I'm sure he's very busy. Right. Uh, okay, okay. And then Cassius turns to you, Splunderbelt. Speaking of Wildfire, take that damn thing off. Eh. And I look around at myself. What is it you're meaning? Take what off? Splunderbelt, the Cloak of Protection of which is now listed as a stolen item for the Wither's Vault. Oh. I figured it was, uh... To open to... You, know, you, you get the shit, you get to put it wherever you want. But okay, it's fine. I take it... I'll, I'll take it off, fold it up, and tuck it behind something or into my bag. In the dungeons, perhaps. You all... <sighs> and he finds his composure. You all did an excellent job infiltrating the Wither's Vault. I am very excited to see what you may have found inside. However, there are several reports going around town which are going to make this a little more difficult. First of all, the items which are more mundane, like the cloak, have been reported to the local authorities as well as the guild. We have word that Wildfire and the Broscale family has been personally hired to investigate and find the missing items. Therein, there are a number of gems that were stolen, as well as a num number of mundane items and magical items, which were reported. I'm sure some of those items were not reported, though, and I'm very excited to see them, however. We also have reports that he is currently questioning, with the help of a watermancer, his furnace. If you spoke to his furnace while inside the building, I would like to know any information you may have shared with it as we might need to protect you. Uh, yeah. Um, we had good conversations with the furnace. It was a fire elemental. He was really cool. I don't think uh, he knows my last the, name. Uh, oh, does he? Did we tell? I didn't think we told the furnace anything too important. The furnace knows your last name, Grinkeeper. There was a riddle, and I got it right. It was great. I, I see. Well, that does complicate things. There was also a report that a... One of the help reported a... Pile of cloaks was making its way through the halls. I assume this was one of you? Actually, it was not. It was the other rogue that was recommended for the job. Ah, Shrugs, your demolition expert for the mission. Yes. Perhaps a little better at demolition than sneaking. <laughs> he was not seen, though. It was just a pile of cloaks moving about the hallway, so... They know there was a thief inside. They know someone let out 
the furnace elemental, and that the furnace elemental burnt a good portion of the building down. Oh, that would have been Co. Oh, and whoa. then Grimkeeper is like looking at Co. pretty excited. It was pretty awesome. It was me. I, I figured that uh, perhaps in all the chaos and confusion, uh, maybe the elementals would be dealt with and not be able to be questioned based on, you know, seemingly going rogue and starting a fire. I see. It did cause quite a bit of commotion. However, since the vault was far removed from the fire, the items therein were reported stolen, not burned or destroyed. There was also the jade, which went missing upstairs, but I understand that was part of the Cloven Brotherhood's mission, and they were probably very happy you completed it thusly. Yes. Did you manage to explore any more of the house? Withers study, for instance? Unfortunately, we were discovered somewhat. Well, shrugs was seen before we were able to explore too much. We were only really able to get Jade and the private vault. Where's the Jade now? It is with the Cloven Brotherhood. Then that can be their problem. That is fine. They are noble as thieves go. Let's see what other items you collected inside. I have reports, of course, of the cloak missing, as well as a wizard's hat and a number of gems. However, the other items would interest me more. The ones he did not choose to disclose. A with piece the of paper. Look, I translated this word. It says, um, hold on. And she's going to stare at the paper after pulling it out. She folded it a little, so the writing's a little bent and smudged. Uh, uh, Kalazar. Kalazar. Does this have any meaning to you? Any? No. 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 We do not know what it means. No. Splinterbelt, roll a wisdom check. Let's make it a wisdom saving throw. All right. Can do. Oh, are you kidding? Five. You Briefly a 19. Briefly. No! <laughs> you don't know its meaning. Okay. Cassius grabs the piece of paper from you and... Looks at it very briefly as he passes it over to Carrie, who goes, oh, 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 and runs over to her box labeled gloves and digs in for some gloves and puts them on. And brings it over to her table and begins analyzing it. What else? Co uh, will begin to produce items that were taken. He'll produce the wizard's hat, basically say... We have very little use for something like this. I figured it could go to the guild, but if they are reporting it's stolen, maybe it's best if it just gets stored somewhere out of the way. Who knows where it came from, should it turn up one day. We could deposit it somewhere to lead them off the trail, perhaps. We could make it appear in another rogue's den here in town, or tavern. What if... Uh... You gave it back with the story that you found an item and this will show them your goodwill, but they will not believe you have other items. They just will say, oh, it's very nice of them to turn in this lost hat, but they don't know about the other stuff we have. That's a good idea. I mean, I'm we not could. great at deception because I, you know, Paylor and all that, but I'm just saying. Perhaps, perhaps that is how you uh, get them off our trail. 
may be best to save for a rainy day should they inquire about you. Of course, if you did mention your name in there, and the furnace does choose to share it, Grinkeeper, we won't be able to make use of this for you. You are, as they say, too hot in this situation. What else? Uh, the Perhaps the most interesting thing you will find is this, and Co will produce the book. Um, it seems to be a ledger of some kind showing all the payments and postings and dealings directly with the guild as well as others. Interesting. He flips through it quickly. Interesting. And passes it back to Carrie. She reaches an arm behind her, you know, sort of shooting it backwards to grab the book and brings it around. This thing's covered in ectoplasm. Yes, Carrie, the, the note. Please continue the translation as well. It's sticky. It's fine. Keep working. Uh, Cole will then start going through the, the remaining items. Uh, he'll show the map and explain where the map was located, that he's recovered this from uh, behind a painting. It had been painted over. And then... You know, this is going back on what I said. I had a thought. Mm -hmm. Ko, Ko has had the morning to think about it, and he does not like the idea of a music box that seems to cause problems uh, around his daughter. So he is going to turn over the music box and give a warning this music box, when we put it together, it was kept separate from the disc that produces the sound. Anytime we opened it, it seemed to have an effect. Not on everybody, only on specific people. But it is eerily similar to an effect we have seen exhibited... Uh, what was his name? The person from the clerics order. You know who I'm talking about it. Keeves. Keeves, yes. Seemed to be causing headaches, discomfort. We closed it before it could have any lasting effect, but be warned, if this is opened around the wrong people, it seems like it could hurt them very badly. Splinterbelt, they brought up Rianu Keeves. Mm-hmm. And? <laughs> Didn't you just say they brought a Rianu Keeves? Splendor Belt. <laughs> you, said, you said Splendor Belt, they brought a Rianu Keeves. Is that what I heard? Yes. Uh, so, Co just told a little story about how there was an elf who momentarily suffered from yeah. a headache there yeah. in the Temple of Paylor. Right. But this was also the very elf that you tended to for quite some time and is still passed out in the halls of Pedlor. Oh, that's the same? Hold on. That's Rianu Keeves? That's Rianu Keeves. Oh. All right. So what's he asking me? Well, just it was mentioned around you, if it interests you or not. I would. Uh... Hmm. Hmm. 
I would tell him his status or that I know who it is. I'd say, yes, he's uh, still sort of uh, being helped and worked on in the uh, Temple of Pelor and is not awake currently. They are doing their best, but uh, he lies uh, not dead, but in sort of a state at the moment. I don't know how much you know about my situation, Hassius, but my wife is in a similar situation. She is in a similar state. And she is a half-elf. It is curious that we are seeing this trend so common with elves. And we also saw it with a, uh, with a satyr, but... He seemed to be the only one infected. I don't know if... I don't know if there is any elven blood in his lineage, but there is definitely something odd about this box, and it should be treated very carefully, and it seems to be tied into a lot of the things that we have stumbled across. The dungeons we've found under the ground, the stones, and the handling sound that emanates from them. Noted. Carrie, very careful with this box. Do not open it around anyone but the two of us for now. We will look into the staff's lineage before we proceed any further, but the three of you have been unaffected so far? It has uh, been shut, so if we open it, we are, it's, not, it's no good. Very well. What else was found? Uh, we've also found, uh, though it is broken, the, uh, a staff, much like the ones that have been in some of our previous journeys, when we were with the fish people, one of them was very focused on the staff, uh, with a conch shell at the end, and it was taken by that individual that took it. What was his, <laughs> what was his name? <laughs> I can't remember. Are you talking about the, the, the wizard wearing the dark mantle as a hat? Yes. That was Merrick Gideons. That's right. Uh, it was taken by Merrick Gideons. Um, we found a staff exactly like it. I'm not sure if it is the same staff or just another, but uh, we found that. And Cole just continued to produce... He'll even produce the busted Bell's pants that we didn't do anything with. He'll just Why sort of lay. Was it smashed when you found it here? I smashed it because they kept showing up. This is the second time we've seen them and nothing good has come of it. So I wanted to make sure they didn't show up anymore. A paladin's work is never done, eh? No, it's exhausting, but it's good. Right, and you were the one who smashed these bell pants as well. Oh, yeah, I, it was real good. It was pretty easy. I was surprised, but I'd never <laughs> smashed bells before. I'm sure with your experience in fighting monsters, pants held no sway over you. You know, maybe I'm getting stronger. Perhaps. Carrie, please turn around for a moment and take a look at these. Oh! Oh, uh, we got the report uh, from the the, uh, the academy on this, the Mayor Gideon's case. Uh, these are summoning items: uh, a a fish, a kuatoa, 
summoner staff. And these are very rare. These are Bullywug Shaman Bell Pants. You can tell because of the extra joints there at the feet uh, that they're made for frogmen. Hmm. Was I, was, should I keep going? No, I, I think that's, I think that's enough. Uh, we also found this and he'll produce the vials oh, of black liquid. Good, it was a good story, but I'll, I'll get back to work. She turns around <laughs> and goes back to work. <laughs> Uh, I'll present the vials of black liquid. Now, have you have you turned in the previous vials, or did you keep those in your personal sort of stash? I think we turned them in. I don't think I had them, so I don't. I don't think it's the first time that they would have seen this. He grabs the vials, very much like the previous ones that you have delivered. Then. It is a strange uh, coincidence that we keep running into things like this. I'm starting to see a pattern on many of the missions we've undertaken. Similar writing, similar artifacts, similar things of this nature. We have done some tests on the previous files, but finding these in Withers' vaults is certainly a connection. Carrie, uh, resurface for a moment. Yes, uh, uh, my story about the pants? No, we're going to talk about the vials you tested on. Oh, Okay. Uh, so the previous vials you turned in were actually just sand. Mud. Uh, it does sort of form a a, a sentient-like slime that responds to prods, torture. Uh, I, I'm sorry. Um, aggressive research. Right, Cass? <laughs> aggressive research. And uh, emotions in the area as well. However, when dehydrated... It is black sand and water. Um, I think that is it for the things that I have. Uh, is that all we have to turn in? I mean, he has seen my cloak. What else? You, you Take don't, anything else? You don't want my cloak, right? I can keep it. You, it's all dirty. Now. I understand. Smells like yeah, me. I, I, <laughs> Splendor Belt. I understand the importance of items of protection for adventurers, and a plus one cloak of protection is certainly a valuable item for one in your job line. I just merely request that you wear it only when you're outside of town, so that these authorities might not find you wearing it. It is quite obvious as it features the elven markings on the clasp in the front. I can do this. Very good. For uh, game's sake, you can just leave it unequipped, or leave it equipped, and we'll just say that you take it on, take it off, but uh, okay, help me out a little bit with it. All right. No other items, then. I was working on this page. It's really cool. I think there might be something to translating. The page you already passed over. Yeah. I I <laughs> translated that. It took hours, but we did it. The the name at the top. Yeah. That's an ancient elven language. 
It's very impressive, Grinkeeper, and you must be very studious to have done so. Yeah, the, probably the first time. Thanks for it saying should, so. It, it shouldn't take hours. It carries banging in the background. It, it shouldn't <laughs> take hours. But, uh, I've, I've already found something. Uh, the name on your paper here matches the uh, password in the Skull Keep map here that we have. And this page is uh, a, a list of titles. It's all it's all very worn with time, but uh, these are the full titles of the position of the Kalazar. And here at the top of your map, it says uh, Kalazar Zol Kulam, which means essentially uh, Kalazar Rise Again. Grinkeeper sulking a little bit. It, uh, it is very old, Elvish. It's very old. It, it was actually really hard. I, I do this thing for a living, so, you know. Grinkeeper's just staring at the floor. The, 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 the bell pants are really smashed. You should feel really good about that. I'm going to get back to work, okay? I'm sorry. <laughs> I smashed them good. Uh, she's great. Now, out of pure innocence... <laughs> Slenderbelt does not produce the dice from his pocket, oh, however. Oh, shit. Uh, yeah, he forgets. <laughs> he forgets he has the dice. Like, but, literally, but, he would forget. But that's the thing, right? We're going to acknowledge as as a player in a group that Splendorbelt would forget. Oh, he but totally Scott, would forget. if the player wishes to produce them, then we need to get Splendorbelt on board. No, no, no. He, he would full-on forget he has these dice in his pocket. Perfect. And a candle. And a candle. Candle. Who has the mirror? Do we turn over the mirror? Uh, I know. What was the, the deal mirror. with that? Grinkeeper right. played with the mirror. She fixed her hair and then she got back. She got to translating. Okay. So if so. it was on the desk, if it was grabbed, it would probably be uh, with Yuko. Okay. Yeah. I'll hand over the mirror as well then. What is this one? You can fix your hair. I see. All mirrors are capable of this. No, 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 no. The back of your head. He holds up the mirror. Oh. And does a little bit of his own hair. See? Oh, well, that is... Carrie? Oh. Yeah, I mean, if you had a psionic worm attached to the back of your skull eating your thoughts, you'd be able to see it. But I don't know if that's what this would be about. It's a... Your, your brain would be getting eaten, so if you looked in a mirror, it's not like you'd know it because your brain would be getting eaten, so, you know, it's not useful for that. I'll keep it. I'll figure out what it's about, too. So, And she slides back over to her work. She's one of my favorite characters you've done. All right. So it seems that our greatest mystery is the book and how these items go together. Yes. Yeah, no, it, it, this hat... This great, and she puts on the hat. Uh, I can actually use this. It's a, a hat of mending. It lets me cast. I'm an artificer, so I can cast mending anyway. But uh, you know, if I wasn't, I could totally cast mending, which is what I'm gonna do with this uh, piece of paper here that has all the writing on it that can't be read. I'm just gonna fix it using mending. So I'll work on this, mend it on up. Uh, there might be something else that Withers was trying to fix, so it could be useful for that too. And uh, we've got a whole book to read. I can probably read this thing and she threw it. Uh, two nights, and I'll give a presentation to y'all. 
Grinkeeper whispers to Splinterbelt and Co. You can read a book in only two nights? <laughs> it depends on the book. Okay. Maybe. S- small words and not too long of a book, perhaps, but not the big book. I'll go through the book. I'll make a presentation. We'll have a whole, we'll, we'll do a whole thing about it. It'll, it'll be great. I'll, I'll make some, I'll make some projections. It'll be great. Uh, that'll, that'll be fine, Carrie. Thank you. If there's nothing else, then I have a request of you all. The Broscale family, as I mentioned, is being hired directly to investigate this. Wildfire in particular has worked for the Withers family for quite some time and is very efficient in his investigations. If possible, I'd like you to take a job out of town. Skip town, as it were, for at least a day. While things calm down a bit. I am impressed by you, Ko. While you did spend your funds, you did spend them on illusionary armor which will keep your other items quite safe. All of you, if you did take money from the Cloven Brotherhood, please do not spend it within the week. We do not want a money trail to follow you. Do not get too excited about your new funds. Also in the future, I have one additional request. I have supplied you with a very, very large payday. A payday that the guild cannot afford on its own. As we investigate these items, I hope that I may request a certain favor of you in the future. A job. Of which there will be, Spundabelt, no additional pay for. I hope that you realize that the many golds you received in this heist are payment enough for that upcoming job. This is a weird thing to do. Uh, normally you have job, you say what it is, you get the money for job, and you, you're done with job. You're saying there is a job we have to do now that we did not know we had to do, but because we have been paid to do previous job, now we have free job. The average job here at the Guild Splendor Belt pays, and I'm including Woodley quests in this, of course, 100 gold pieces each per job. You all perce- received what from the Cloven Brotherhood? How much? Nothing. It it was significantly more. I believe when I spoke to Nasty about completing the job initially, he put it in the ballpark of about 8,000 gold each. That's about 80 jobs, Splendor Belt. If we were counting, you owe me 80 jobs worth of work without pay. Eh. I'd like to know what I am doing up front, but uh, I guess I suppose you are right about the math. Of course. This would be a favor to me. We are all working to save Atomer here, and there appears to be a lot going on. I am disturbed by the news about Rihanna Keeves, and if there's anything you would like me to do about your situation, Co., I would be happy to help however I can. Let me ask that if you have any information or if anything is attempted with Rianu Keeves that makes him better, you will let me know. I would like to know full about your position. I was only informed on your arrival at the guild that you were seeking healing. I do not know anything else about that situation, and I will not 
trod further by magical means without your request. However, if you find the matter sensitive, I will be happy to invade your thoughts as needed. I could just tell you, I... That would be sufficient. Okay, we will go that route then. Very good. And, uh... Ko will actually tell him. He'll tell him now. And while we're out here, um, he'll tell him that his wife has been sick for some time and that she's been essentially in a bedridden, comatose kind of state. No healer has been able to aid her and seemingly nothing works. And he will even mention the connecting to her telepathically and not being able, being essentially forced out, and that she she seemed alarmed to see him. As you tell all this, which, you know, the players and audience are quite aware of over the course of the show, uh, Carrie's ear kind of turns sideways until she's eventually just staring at you over sh- her shoulder. Did... Can I ask questions? Sure. Did you have weapons on your person when you were in this dream? I honestly don't remember, but uh, typically my weapons I create these days, so. So you have no need, were you wearing clothes? Do I remember, was I wearing clothes? (laughs) You didn't uh, remark that you weren't wearing clothes, but you know, that's a good question. You didn't ask at the time. I didn't look down, Carrie. I was focused on other places. Because if you're able to produce your own weapons in there, you could actually do something about it. You know what I mean? You wouldn't have to, like, actually bring physical objects in. Hmm. And you did this with your, 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 um... The brain whispers? (laughs) Yes, with the brain whispers. (laughs) And from reports, you can connect multiple people. You're suggesting that we could maybe bring multiple people into this connection. I I mean, I'm theorizing, right? It's an interesting idea. It's something we could possibly test uh i'm going to be honest i would prefer to test it on riano keeves before i went and tested it on my own wife i i mean i don't know how we'd get permission from riano keeves but i i mean he's not gonna say no carrie come on yeah i he he, he can't he can't say no he makes a very good point he cannot say no well this is an interesting avenue to follow. All the same, I would prefer if you weren't seen inside the Temple of Palor today and you weren't seen amongst town. Is there a job you would like to take that perhaps takes you beyond the borders of Atomer? Um, we looked at the board uh, briefly. Uh, Poppin Slads, I think, stood out. Is that Would that one be acceptable? Poppin Slads. Uh, excellent. That actually takes place in the uh, in Gemholm. A sandbar in the middle of the lake. That would be quite out of town, and a good uh, six-hour boat ride. That is acceptable. Sure. We will go ahead and do that one, then. 
Well, very good then. I will alert Gil. Gil will meet you at the docks. And Ko will look to his team. Does that sound good? Fighting uh, Slad? I don't, I don't know what a Slad is. Let's find out. I have no idea, but it is fine. Ko will uh, look at Cassius. Do you even know what a Slad is? We have a library for a reason. However, we are currently in Carrie's office, as I'm sure she would be more than happy to. Slads! Chaos beasts! Great things. Uh, I call them things because their manifestations are always a little different, depending on the amount of chaos and evil in the area. So, uh, middle of the lake, chaos is happening, apparently, and slads have manifested. Uh, they are, uh, they have advantage on magical resistance, uh... There's usually a color coding system. Uh, the reds are the lowest tier. Blues are the largest. And greens, spellcasters, and blacks are uh, the strongest. But uh, how they manifested this time, I'd love to hear it. Uh, they have a wicked reproductive cycle. No matter how they manifest, it's always kind of gross. What is it that they do? I don't... It's chaos. Sometimes they, they, they birth out of, you know, pizza rolls for all I know. Who, who's to say? This world has pizza rolls now, apparently. <laughs> it's well known for its pizza rolls. You can get them at... Um, you could get them at the uh, Orchard Lounge, the Elven Fusion Restaurant. Oh, there we go. That sounds good. Leave it to the elves to find a way to take something and put it in a smaller, easier-to-transport form. They're always on the go. It's clean. doesn't get your hands dirty. It's truly amazing. All right. We will pop the slats. Very good. I will see you in two days, then. Yes. If you return from your quest early, I request that you lay low, perhaps maybe at a farm. And, Grinkeeper, I will make this abundantly clear. If you return to school, it could be quite dangerous for you having your name out there. Please stay out of town for the next two days. Okay. I am aware the classes are ongoing right now. Yes. A difficult choice lays before you. You are excused. Thank you all for your work in the Withers Mansion. You have done well. And that's where we go on break. Perfect. All right. <laughs> I felt like that was coming. Uh, excellent. We will be back shortly, everybody. Take uh, eight to ten minutes or so to do whatever you need to do. We'll be back with more. Stay tuned. We're back, everybody. Welcome back to the latter portion of today's session. Uh, we'll kick it back over to Kyle to pick things up. Kyle, back to you. Unless anybody wants to take care of anything before we skip town, we yes. will head to... Oh, yes. Okay. Uh, Grinkeeper wants to write a note to her roommate, Margaret, and tell her to tell everyone... Well, tell her to get the dummy out. And then tell her to make it look like it's asleep. She passed out. The horse riding, she did terribly. And she exhausted her brain thinking of a good response to the Elven Fusion restaurant. 
But if they discuss dances, she really wants a waltz. Okay, so Grinkeeper requests a waltz when the dance meeting happens, but otherwise her frail her frail form couldn't handle both a great speech like that and horseback riding lessons in the Too same Too much day. in one day, so she's down until she's back. That's fair. Let's roll a stealth check. Because you got to get back into the school to leave the note after all. There's no mail? Um, that's a good question. Her family sends her letters. Yeah, you could, I guess you could go to the post office and send a letter. It wouldn't get there today, though. No, not even in the same town. Like you couldn't pay for a falcon to fly it to the window. Good point, or good point. You could expedite it, right? Yeah. Okay, okay, yeah, I'm down for it. All right. So you pay for a letter to be delivered saying this to your roommate. Yes. Excellent. Excellent. I will make a note to add essentially a post office. Co would do the usual, typically goes without saying, but we'll say it here. Uh, he would go home, uh, let everybody know he was going to be out of town for a couple days, business trip, hire, uh, make sure that the retainers are kept um, in place to watch over the place while he's gone and uh, say goodbye to his daughter and head out again looking very merchanty. The armor would shift back to that before he got home and Perfect. Then he would Splinterbone, is there anything you'd like to take care of before you skip town? No, I think I've got everything covered. My money's tucked away. I uh, would have left strict instructions for Bullhead to really keep an eye out for uh, anything fishy. Not that he can notify me, but you know, I would have I would have made it just real clear that he is in charge while I'm gone, and he better make sure nothing weird happens, and then I'd be good to go. Of course, master. <laughs> oh, he's so good. We need to have a same right. story with that guy. He's so good. And you guys head up through the market district to the docks, where you were told to find one gill. And you look about the docks a little bit. There's lots of ships unloading their cargo. Lots of ships head up and down the river here by Atomer, heading out to the lake and to the other many, many towns, villages, and kingdom beyond. But you do find eventually a small boat. And this boat is sort of designed like a chariot, if you will. The boat itself sits quite normally in the water, but out in front of it are these two strong rods that connect in the front across another rod. And sitting on top of the boat is a a craggly-looking crab with around his neck a ring of seaweed that is tied in a knot and descends down into the water. The crab, as you pass by, gets your attention and clicks and snips into the air. Are you all right? (laughs) (laughs) Two very different reactions to this. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. I would be really, I, I, I don't know if Splinterbow would be, but I'd be like really wary of such a thing. And it sounds like she's not. A head rises out of the water, just the head. You know, like when you bob up and down as a little kid, just kind of letting yourself float. Just the head comes up and you see what appears to be a merfolk man. He has fins, but they're amazing hair sweeping back. Well, fins across his back and then two great mutton chop fins that descend out of his cheeks. 
And he says, hi, I'm Gil. Gil Keel. I'll be giving you a ride to Gem Hole. Awesome. Delvers, yes. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Hop in my boat. This is what is Herman Snips. Herman. Herman. Nice to meet yes. you, Herman. Herman, please. I'll pull the boat taut. And Herman, being a rather large, I mean, we're talking like, you know, about two feet wide crab scuttles himself onto the side of the dock, grabs one side of the boat, kind of operates like the rope does, grabs the sort of metal bit that you would tie a rope around and pulls the boat taut against the dock side. Grinkeeper gets on. Yep. Turn to the dock side. Um, (laughs) All right. I would get in and say nothing, not even hellos. I would just get in. Our trip will be about oh, six hours to the center of the lake. Like, absolutely. <laughs> Please make yourself comfortable. <laughs> and he, he, he gives a little kick of his fins below, and this merman pops himself up so his armpits and his arms kind of hang over the front like he's the front of the chariot and just starts pumping his big old dolphin tail and it begins and with a little bit of ebb like you're you know rowing a boat each pump sends it a little going until it gains eventual speed that's consistent and you head up the river as you head you speed by the splendor farm passes by right on the edge there you see a scarecrow a tower an old dilapidated house You continue, you see a small island that you pass by and the Noble Hollow. And in fact, you can even kind of make out, well, Ko can make out. Everybody else, of course, doesn't really have the eyeballs for it. But Ko, you make out the massive pit that you fell into that night at the Noble Hollow where you faced the Roper. The boat takes you out on this six-hour journey out around into Lake Absul, where you kind of stick to the left side of the lake which eventually, after hours and hours of ride, you can see one Withers Keep, Skull Keep, emerging out of the mist in the distance. As you start to see that in the very, very end of your vision, Gil, the driver, takes a right and starts heading into the very center of the lake. Is there anything anybody works on or does during a six-hour journey? Hmm... Uh, I would meditate. I would do some sort of Paylor-focused meditation the whole time. Some Paylorian stretches? Yeah. Just kind of sitting there. Good posture, breathing, all that. Let's roll a religion check for that. All right. Better have the thing up to do it. Okay, here we go. That would be... Oh. Sorry, it kicked me out for some reason. All right, there we go. Religion. Uh, Here we go. Uh, Seven is all. Not great. No, but you do get the distinct feeling of a voice, a presence, as you sit there meditating in silence. And it goes a little something like, 
Splendor Belt. Ah. <laughs> Your money is dirty, but you are worthy. Wow. That's the end. Okay. Do I do I recognize that that's the voice of possibly Paylor or some something to that effect? You have no idea. Okay. With a seven, you may have dreamt, you may have passed out for a little bit. All right. <laughs> Fair enough. Does anyone else want to do anything on our six-hour journey? Yeah, seeing the self-serious uh, Splendor Belt stoically meditating Ko, whenever he thinks he's deepest in focus and can get away with it, dips his hand in the water and flicks a little water at Splendor Belt's face as if it's just water crashing on the side of the boat. <laughs> And then goes back to, you know, rummaging through his bag, tossing a dagger around, you know, looking around, just playing nonchalant if Splendor Belt ever pays attention to him, but otherwise just enjoying an occasional flick of water to the face. Would you like to roll a sleight of hand, perhaps, or are you uh, trying to get his attention on purpose? Oh, no, he's trying to sneak it for sure. A 23. Pretty good. Splendor Belt, as we arrive on location, you are oddly soaked. (laughs) (laughs) I'm oddly soaked? (laughs) Okay. I will be uh, slightly uh, both annoyed and flummoxed as to why I'm at all wet. And I'll look around and wonder why. Uh, Grinkeeper is deep in thought about what dress she's going to wear because the bronze ball is fast approaching. Sure, sure. As you head out and your driver, Gil, makes that right-hand turn out into the center of the lake, you begin to see a collection of sandbars. Sandbars that have no vegetation, nothing on them, no sea critters, no um, barnacles, no nothing, just a bunch of sand, which kind of communicates that these things come and go with the tide here in the lakes. But one is viewable out in the distance. One larger sandbar, and you're heading right for it. And on it, you see a series of stilted buildings made of wood. And at their base on these stilts is all the barnacles and things you would expect to latch on to anything permanently placed here in the lake. The... You find yourself at Gemholm, and there are some 13 or so buildings all with these stilts. Your boat pulls up alongside and Gil submerges back into the water, back to his face. We're here. (laughs) When you're ready to be collected, just ask Herman Snips. And Snips jumps off the boat, walks over, and climbs up one of the side of the stilts and gives you a little salute. He will inform me when you are ready. And the boat turns, and he kicks his little dolphin back, and the boat speeds off into the water. You know, we've seen some strange stuff, but, uh, that was pretty weird. Crab's cute. 
That's pretty weird. I have never seen a crab salute. This is it's quite a crab. Yeah, no, maybe posed like that at a dinner once, but... Oh, and then she'll look and see if Herman saw her. <laughs> or heard her. <laughs> you may now open your map, as I linked earlier in Discord. Oh, look at this. Go ahead and give it another little post if you missed it there earlier. But this is our map of Genholm, a very, very simple little uh, mining colony of sorts here on the sandbars in Lake Absul. And looking around without with just your passive perceptions, you see sand, not a nice little sandy sandbar. Immediately as you step into it, to it your feet sink in a little bit as it's not a very sort of permanent residence, as it were. Uh Ahead of you, you do see where it kind of crests up a little bit, as often beaches have, that little tiny, like, two-foot-high cliff area. And it appears as though that area goes underwater less often, but still gets submerged from time to time. Right in front of you, you see a building, a basically beach shack, if you will. These four kind of strong, thick logs make up the stilts covered in those barnacles that go up to a 15-by-20-foot house. And there's one right next to you here where you've been deposited, as well as one further down the beach in each direction. It kind of makes the square island out in front of you. The One of the first things you all see, though, is about 100 feet away is a burned boat. This is, it looks like a merchant-class ship. It's about 20 feet long, 10 feet wide, but it has been thoroughly turned to char and ash and basically coal now as it has been lit aflame at some point. In the center are a tighter collection of buildings that seem to have other uses. A lot of these do have kind of have that beach house look to them, and with the often beach decorations that you would expect, like conch shells hanging outside or sitting on windowsills, the uh, whatever the hell that glass orb thing is that's always sitting in a net, the jars <laughs> full of found glass, the the monkey's fist knots that hang, the, uh, the the wooden pulley systems that hang off the side of the house with these great kind of thatched straw roofs that have been created from the areas around the lake. And in the very, very center, the, the, the widest structure has a stone base, an actual stone stilt system that is holding up a stone building. And out the back, you can even see from this angle a ramp that exits, kind of making it look like this large warehouse. But otherwise, they all kind of have this beach look to them. So we want to check out the house here or the boat first? Um, I think maybe if we can find anybody that might be around, find out where we should be looking. This doesn't seem like that big of a place. I would think if there were monsters about, somebody would have something to say about it. Do we see, do we see any movement? Any sort of uh, sign of life inside of us. We must get Looking to- around yeah. with your passive perceptions, you all see what I described. Uh, only Ko sees something beyond that. Ko, you note on the far side of town, almost kind of bending down to look underneath these stilts, you see that one of the houses across on the far side of this mini sandbar island is completely burned down turned to ash and rubble 
And the house to your immediate right, not the one, actually not the immediate right, that's the closest house that's all decorated with the beachfront stuff. But beyond that, that house appears to be skewered, covered in what looks like arrows, as though it was shot up from a distance. Looking around, it looks like maybe there might have even been a battle here. Maybe we go and announce ourselves publicly. Make sure everybody knows we are here to help. Yeah, what direction? I'll lead. And Cole just gestured towards the center of town. Grinkeeper starts going. All right. Use your your miniatures there and move yourself on the map to where you're going to take yourself. And, and give me a little trail that you walk along, too. Move yourself in increments. Herman snips the crab, takes position on top of that beach house, and watches you go. <laughs> there you go. Greenkeeper leads you all to the center of this little fishing village of some kind. Uh, you see the big warehouse structure to your right. And in front of you is several buildings. In fact, looking around, you can see a number of signs that designate all the buildings around you. The one, the big warehouse says Crab Maintenance and Workshop. Next to that is the Gem Depository, Amber Moore's House, the Infirmary, McNorris's House, the Rec Room, the Mess Hall, and the Common Office. Cole, just kind of look over at Greenkeeper and maybe we should yell? Maybe we should announce ourselves. It's kind of eerily quiet. Greenkeeper all yell, Hey! Is there anybody here? <laughs> <laughs> There's one baby. <laughs> <laughs> baby runs big Very town. excited. Yeah. <laughs> Greenkeeper yells. And Co, with your back to the McNorris house, you hear a Cole <laughs> turn. You see a man with a shaggy beard looking over through the window at you. He appears to be wearing no shirt. He has very strong upper body looks from this little bit of that you can see him. And he's going, get inside, get inside. Ringkeeper takes a deep breath and she's about to start screaming again. Uh, Cole, just hold on. What is wrong? Is there a creature about? Oh. Greenkeeper, do you begin to scream again or do you. No, no, no she'll stop. Okay. Get, get the house! Get, get the house! And the door. And you see a, a toe, a foot has. So he's in the window, his upper body. It leans slightly, and you see that his foot has extended far enough to now slightly push the door open to his left. Uh, perhaps we should go in house. 
Yeah. He's saying this. I agree. Yeah. Go in. Still a little not... Probably not as stealthily as he would have hoped, but... Sounds like you all casually walk up the steps uh-huh. to the stilted house <laughs> and enter yep. his home. Yep. <laughs> Inside, immediately as you enter, you see a comfy-looking little residence. There's a, there's a, a ship's... Uh, wheel on the wall, there's the netting on the ceiling, little bits of crabs and old puffer fish kind of hanging there. Lots of nets and other sorts of decorative beach items strewn about. But there crouched by the window with his foot extended is a man. A very well built man, but has that look of leather. Beach bummy if you will. And he wears a speedo made of some kind of skin. He's completely splayed with his legs all askew as he's pushed open that door for you. He's got hairy, hairy legs, hair going up his chest, up over his back as well. A real Robin Williams of a man. And he <laughs> and he get inside as you all walk in casually. And then he zooms over, slides his back across the wall and pushes the door closed and holds up a spear gun. <sighs> <sighs> This is a human man. A human man with a receding hairline and a massive, massive beard. We heard there were slabs and we're here to pop. Um. Get down. Hello. Grinkeeper will slowly get down low. Down, down, big fella, get down. I'll crouch. Yeah, down, and he and he takes himself and lays on the floor. Down. It's, oh, it is okay. We I am not laying on the floor. The, we're here from the guild. We're here to <laughs> deal with the problem. <laughs> I refuse to lay on floor. This is dumb. I won't say it loud. Say so why? Greenkeeper nods. We are low enough. What? What is this? What? Why? Tell us what this problem. Is. Weird. That's one of them. That's one of them outside. What time is it? What day is it? Look, we are here to deal with this problem. It's. You have to tell us what's going on. He sits quietly, listening for the noise again. He crawls on his elbows back over to the window with his spear gun in hand, and he begins to pump it like he's getting a water gun ready. And angles it up over the window. You guys from the insurance... No, we are from the guild. Yeah, yeah, guild insurance. Uh, when we don't report for four days, uh, they're supposed to send a group out to look for us. Oh. Uh, no, we were told to come here to uh, fight slads. Uh, and he angles back and rests his head against the wall. Oh. Uh, tide's not in yet. 
Uh, they'll be here when the tide comes. If they aren't going to be here until the tide comes in, what are you so afraid of out there? You making fun of me, boy? I've been through hell. I yeah, seem to be trying to understand what we are supposed to be so worried about. You don't know what I've seen. Biggins. A big one, too, came yesterday. They all started showing up when we found the gems. As here's a gem mining colony, we we dredged the bottom of the lake looking for gems. Uh, working. Working for the corp. But, uh, when we found those gems, well, they came. They came and they started, they started getting, getting everybody. Blue ones, red ones. They're just coming. Keep on coming. Are there other people? Uh, I saw, I saw Church the other day. He's hit up in his house. Uh, we don't stick together because we make too much, make too much noise when we're all, when we're all together, see? Uh, and then, uh, I think, um, I think, uh, I think I saw uh, head of operations, uh, Ambermore. He was still going three days ago, but everybody else is gone, man. <laughs> They're all gone, man. And he weeps a little bit. Are they killing them or are they taking them? <laughs> they gave them. It's tough to say. Have to say it depends on which one gets you if they take you or they leave you for later leave you and what, what does this mean leave you just leave uh, you maybe, here uh, and not take you that one time and then later they take you at, on a different time oh no it depends on which color gets you if it's the red ones if it's the red ones they uh they do something else and if the blue one gets you then you got another fate coming so you said they come in with the tide what would be out there now then are there the children roam about and nasty little critters well why are we going to kill the children because maybe phrase it differently (laughs) yeah next time we're learning this hero stuff I know you got questions. Best thing we can do is head to the infirmary, all right? I'm Mac. I'm Mac. It's nice to meet y'all. And he sticks out a, a crazy, leathery hand full of calluses. Oh, uh, I would shake that. I'll, I'll reach out and shake that. All right, all right. What's your name, sir? Uh, my name is, uh, you can call me uh, Crandall or Splendorbelt. It does not matter. Soon All you right. two, you on your island getaway here, perhaps will day, one day taste my potatoes. I will become famous, but for now you, you just know me as a man who is here to uh, help you and us and everything here to get the job done. And I shake his hand vigorously. All right, that's a longer introduction than I expected, but all right, Clarendel Splenderbelt. <laughs> I'll taste your potatoes if we get out of here. I will taste those potatoes. We'll all taste those potatoes someday. We're going to get out of here, all right? And you, uh, who might you be? Turns towards you, Ko. Uh, Ko, pleased to meet you. All right, much shorter, much shorter. I like that. We want to get moving. Are <laughs> uh, you there? Grinkeeper. Grinkeeper, all right. Just, hand. yes, name. All right, all right, all right. <laughs> He's already looking out the window. Okay. Okay, keep shaking Grinkeeper's hand. Okay. 
Yeah, are we okay. ready to go, Mac? Yeah, Mac. yeah. Mac, I'm gonna slap you, Mac. Why are you gonna slap me for? You're staring out the window. We need to go. Oh, right. And he puts his spear gun around his chest and stands up and his hairy little legs kind of wide with his speedo. Okay, we're gonna make a run for the infirmary, all right? Okay. Y'all ready? Let's see, where is Wait, it? Wait, I'll, oh, I'll go north. first. Guys, we'll let Which Mac one lead. is the infirmary? That's why I was going to lead the way last. I was going to lead the way because you're not sure where you're going. Yeah, this makes sense. All right, everybody follow me. Stay low. And he heads out and he creaks open the door, slides kind of sideways through it and, and huddles out like he's, you know, running drills in the army. Greenkeeper, far less dexterous, walks out fast enough to keep up with Mac, but she makes no pretense of trying to stealth. Yeah, Ko's walking behind. He's, I mean, we've talked about Ghostbusters already today, but that scene where Bill Murray's just sort of boredly following everybody else while they're very intensely in it, like, it's not unlike that as we follow behind a very intense mech. <laughs> yeah. So you also follow casually, Splendorbelt? Yeah, oh yeah. In the, in the rear. <laughs> the slads aren't a real threat to us yet. No. We'll get there, everybody. We'll get there. <laughs> yep. All right. He runs and just over to the next building. He runs north a slight bit, about 25 feet, and walks over and kind of hits the wall and shimmies along it, even though it's got stilts, so the bottom half of his body's completely exposed on the other side. And he goes and pushes open the door with his arm and starts taking a look in. All right. I think we're good. <gasps> There's one in there. There's one in there and closes the door. I'm going back. I'm going back to my house. Mac, you want to eat those potatoes, right? What is in? What is it? Well, you keep saying this. What is inside? You tell me. You said they're slides, right? Well, I, you said they only come when the uh, something with the tide. I said that's when the big ones show up. There's oh. still babies about. Oh, yes. We gotta pop the babies. There's a baby in there. Maybe also continue. Maybe not that. Oh, yeah. Okay. I'm working on it. I'll, we'll find something. Grinkeeper, I'll start. We'll pull out her shield and hammer and start walking up to the door. Grinkeeper walks up to the door. She'll look back at Ko and Splendorbelt waiting for okay to go in. Co will kind of take a position flanking the other side of the house and uh, give a nod. Right there. If we zoom in enough on the map, we can get a little more detail. I was getting a little busy with all the names, but you all see it there. All right, Grinkeeper, you've got... <laughs> and Splendorfeld stands casually in the background. Ha <laughs> <laughs> All right, Max position there by the door. Okay, he's pink. I don't know. He's uh, yeah. He's okay. the he's the orange one on right. the tokens there. Got it. All right, Grinkeeper, you're at the door with your shield up and your hammer. All right, she'll kick it open with her right foot and then she'll step in, looking for whatever the heck is making that noise. You enter in and you see a rather basic doctor's room. There's a kind of uh countertop that runs clear around all the sides 
there's these glass cases, um, um, cabinets up above that leave some space down below on the countertops. And you see the usual medical supplies all in there. You see forceps and, and knives and, and, and bandages and all this sort of stuff all, all throughout. But on the center table, you see a body, a person with a cloth pulled up over them. And on their center torso is a big red stain. Like blood? Like blood. Okay. Grimkeeper will walk closer, getting ready to pull the cloth off the body, opening uh, the door for everyone else to come in. Opening the doorway so that there's room for everyone to come in. Does everyone enter? Yeah. I would. Cole. Yeah. Cole, no. Cole will come in, kind of just take up a spot in the corner, keeping an eye on things. Yeah, same. Mac enters as well. He pushes past Grinkeeper and kind of slides down, holding his spear gun, his legs shaking in his speedo. All right. All right. That there's, that there's Caleb, crab operator. He was one of the first to go. All right, pardon us, Caleb. And then Grimkeeper will rip the white cloth off of the body. You rip the white cloth off and you see a young man, also leathery, and he's wearing those wonderful swimsuits from the 1880s. You know, the kind that are full body that look like prisoner outfits, sort of, but have the buttons up the front. <laughs> yeah. he's, he's a handsome looking man, but his face is rather contorted in pain as his entire chest has been exploded outwards. His heart has been pushed aside and his raw meat. He's looks like a, there's some flies that kind of fly about. He's been here for a few days here in the heat of the beach, as it were. With the windows open. His ribs have been broken outwards and his sternum is gone. Well, I don't think that's natural or normal. Nothing's natural about what's happening here. Grinkeeper will look in the wound. Make a medicine check. Six. Oh, it's gross. This is gross. I would say, uh, hold on. This is, that was terrible. Let me see. Yeah, I'm real bad. I'll bust in there and uh, uh, try to see what I can do. So I'm going to do a medicine check as well. Uh, here, medicine. Where to go? There it is. All right, incoming. Uh, thirteen. Thirteen. Well, yeah. you see some fly larvae. You see some grubs and whatnot in there that have made their fancy little home. You do, with a thirteen, manage to kind of look around. You see, you know, you're you're. I wouldn't call you a doctor. But you've certainly healed some people before, and you know what's on the inside of them and what shouldn't be there. Yeah. You see a translucent something. Looks like a uh, 
you know, kind of looks like the tops of those uh, those little toys you get at the supermarket where you put in the coin, you turn the little twisting knob, and then the, the ball comes out. Right. Like a, like a plastic sphere, almost, sitting inside there. All right. Hmm. Does it look like Thunderbolt? Can I grab it? You you can grab it. If you got big old half orc hands, though, there are medical equip equipments here in this room. If you would prefer, yeah, I would. I'd, I'd pull out and, or pull away and sort of show everybody what it is. Everyone get a good look at it. Do you want to remove this? He's like Do you a, have any idea what this is, Mac? How did the creature kill this man? He's like an egg. What do, you, what do you say, what Mac? You want? What? <laughs> we we are trying to get an idea of what happened here. How did this man die? Did the creature strike him? Did it catch him while he was out? What happened? Roll a persuasion on this now weeping hairy man. <laughs> I love how the hairy, the hairy uh, is, is significant no matter what we're doing. It's always got to be hairy. He's definitely here. Yeah. You got a 23? No, a 13. It says here that you got a 13 plus 10. What? Oh, yeah, yeah. Wait, oh, it does. Yeah, what, what happened there? My persuasion it, is a 10 plus 3 for a 13. Oh, yeah. No, it oh, says 13 on sure. mine. That's weird. Yeah, it, I guess our D&D Beyond system rolled you a sleight of hand. Weird. Okay, but 13 total for you. I mean, I got a 23 earlier on a sleight of hand check, but uh, no, a 13. Now. Weird. All right. Anyway. Weird. Yeah. It's, it's, this, is what, this is what those red ones do to you when they, when they get you. When they stab you with their claws, something gets inside you. And within a couple days, well, Caleb here. Kills you from inside. It's the hell. We we call him we call him tadpoles, man. Oh, it is oh. an egg. It's some sort of impregnated man. Let me smash it. This uh, this oh. Wait. Actually, what, what perhaps you, this is. What are you going to smash? This may be a good idea. Just to be clear. Yeah, look inside. Look at this, and I'll point it out and say, "There's like an egg in here. It's like a little weird cylinder, you know, and like a translucent egg." Well, the only thing we can do is get rid of all of these, and if the Larger ones don't show up until later, then perhaps we need to deal with these smaller ones now before we are dealing with both. I can't help but notice your village is in a bit of a state. Things have been burned. Um, we see a boat and a house. Have you noticed fire is effective, or is this simply a way that you are trying to control? We burned the boat so no one could leave. If these things got to the mainland, Hatemer, it would spread all through the populace. It would be hell unleashed. We decided to be brave that day, and we burned our own boat. Ah, okay. 
Do you know how many other people might be alive? How many other people might be infected? Some of the jars fall over on the countertop, and Ko, you see something slither out the window. About a foot long. Purpley blue. Greenkeeper's gonna run out the door after it. Alright, Greenkeeper, make a perception check as you leave the building. A four! <laughs> I lost it! <laughs> as, as soon as Greenkeeper goes charging out the door, Ko is also gonna go into action. He's gonna jump out the window right behind it. Okay, make a perception check. 26. 26. Ko, you see it sliding through the sand, making its way to the house nearby. Uh, I will Ko's post going to immediately manifest the dagger and chuck it at the creature. All right. Roll your attack. And a 17 to hit. It is a hit. Uh, seven psychic damage to the creature. You hit it. It lets loose a... But continues to slither on, makes its way over to the house, and starts heading up one of the poles, spinning around it. Do I get to throw my second dagger? Yeah, go for it. Sweet. Always throw a second dagger. Uh, that's a ten. A ten is a miss. It well, climbs through the crumbs. window of the back building. That would be this one here for you all. Uh, Ko is going to just sort of call out this way and wait for his friends to join him. Greenkeeper joins immediately. Splendorbelt? Same. I'd still keep my distance, but I'd, get, yeah. All right, everyone put themselves where they're going. If you're entering the house directly and dramatically, do so now. Mac hangs out by you, Splinterbelt, looking around, kind of keeping crouched with his spear gun in hand. Ko's going to try and follow exactly the way it went in. So. So you're going to climb up through the window? Yeah. Greenkeeper, do you do the same? She kicks open the door and she walks in. Planting her feet. You both at the same time, Co jumping through the window, Grinkeeper kicking open the door, planting her feet strongly, walk inside. And inside you see a large Goliath male. He has these this great mane of hair that goes back down his back, but is also wearing the sort of 1880s swim trunks that go up over his shoulders with the stripes on them. And he brings around a great wood mallet and smashes the beast. This small little something, this slug-looking thing, explodes like a pie in the area as he brings down this mallet. He turns to you wild-eyed. Who are you? We are friends. We are here from the guild to help you. The guild. Then the insurance has processed. 
I am I... Church. I work here as the priest and doctor. As you look at him, you see that he is also, well, I mean, it's a Goliath, but he appears all leathery and tanned, at least, as far as you know, Goliaths. Uh, he has a bandage up around his arm, wrapped around several times, and another one around his leg, and is holding a well-worn mallet. Looks like it's for, well, driving maybe snakes in, like the ones that have built this house. MacReady, is that you out there? Yeah, I'm here. I'm still going. All right. You, man. What were you going to say? I mean, you seem to have handled yourself quite well. Are there other capable fighters in this village? I've been smashing tadpoles for two days now, keeping to myself. You can't trust the rest of them. Ah, so the concern is that uh, they might be infected, then. Mac ah, was telling uh, us about this. The red ones get ya. You got yourself an egg. The blue ones get ya. You got yourself a transformation. A transformation? How does that work? A uh, nasty bit of that. You start to looking at the flies like you like them. Mmm, licking your lips. And you go for a swim and never come back yourself. That doesn't sound too bad. <laughs> Unfortunate, yes, but not too bad. I think you miss my meaning, little girl. You go for a swim. And you transform in the waters into one of those things. And you come back looking to make your own babies. Grinkeeper's <laughs> trying to understand. She kind of gets it. This guy's growing on me. Do we Mac, know where these... Get oh. your ass inside. Everyone in Church's house will have a talk. Does everyone get inside? Yeah. I mean, unless the other two didn't go in, I would go in. We're, we're already there. Well, that's true. We're in there. <laughs> Mac runs in through inside. the window. That's right. Forgot we were in there. We're in. Doing his, doing his military run <laughs> with the spear gun gets inside. <laughs> All right. We got, and he looks out the window. We got about 30 minutes for the first tide. Well, if that is the case, then we should fortify, we should prepare, we should have everybody ready to fight. Aye, and this be everybody, man. This is it. This is all. Let me tell you a story about three days ago. Three days ago, we found the gems and the things started happening. 
We lost Caleb on day two. Day three, Balmer, Destin, Neko, all gone. Ambermore's disappeared ever since. I don't know where Goodwill is. I don't know where Hank Tom is. But we knew one of them was in Hank Tom's house, so we shot it up good. We shot it up with every harpoon and every spear we had. But the thing lived and it got out on the next tide. These creatures have been going after the gems. You said they appeared after you acquired the gems, but they seem to be drawn to it. Seem to be drawn to people to make themselves new. The new babies. They want more babies and to get babies from us. Okay, well, it seems that we only have one course of action. We are going to have to exterminate all of them. Okay, fancy man. How we go about doing that? We got got the build, big guild here, Mac. The big, yep, guild's here. Guild's here. Guild's here. It's going to be okay. How many come in at a time? Well, that depends on how many we're missing today. We've killed none. Not a one. In all our efforts, in all our harpoons, we have killed none. So let's count, shall we? And he brings up his fingers. Hank Tom, Balmer, Caleb, Destin, Neko, and Goodwill. Uh, there's be six then. Cool, so we need to check Norris's house. <laughs> or Nor- Nor- the, the house no, that was you- shot up. That was Norris, right? Yeah, no, no, you just said uh, check Norris, and that's great. <laughs> <laughs> that is great. The, the shot up house was, um, was Hank Tom. Hank Tom, I mean, uh, you know, these names. Am I, you'll still be one inside, huh? Well, we got six to deal with, and there's one in there that'll take it down to five. Oh, mighty warrior. All right. Lead the way before tide hits. Okay, are we ready? Cole, just nod. Start following. Yeah. Yes. All right, you all head out, heading towards Hank Tom's house which is the one on the south side of this little sandbar island. The one shot up with arrows, harpoons, and spears. Co, you have the passive perception among many. Uh, in fact, a whole six points above any of your compatriots. As you exit, and Mac exits as well, huddling, walking along, you see Church take a moment on the wall. And he, mmm, and grabs at his chest and rubs it. Ooh. Are you doing okay? I'm fine. Fine as the day I came to this island. What, uh, what got you, if I might ask? 
Uh, the arm, it's nothing. I'll be fine. It doesn't seem to be nothing. Did it, uh, was it one of the creatures that did it? Roll of persuasion. Uh, dirty 20. Fine. It was a red one. Scratched me two days ago. If I'm not mistaken from what we heard from Mac, a claw from the red ones can sometimes leave something behind. We're to the humans, yes. Well. And to the humans, I am proud Goliath. No harm will come of me from frogs. Co will just sort of nod, but he's going to go ahead and activate his uh, telepathic communication with his companions here. And let's see how long that's going to last for. Next three hours, uh, he can speak telepathically with Grinkeeper and Splendor Belt, and vice versa. Sweet, we don't have the we don't have um, Bumblechuck or whatever his name was here. To- <laughs> Nasty randomly appears in the call. <laughs> he's not he's not here to take your you know. You can give me the phone, is what I'm saying. <laughs> Because yes, last time I didn't get you, to. We're trusting you with a phone this round. All right. Uh, Amen. <laughs> Thank you. Co <laughs> will just let everybody know, I think there's something odd about Church. If these creatures do get under your skin, I think he might be one of them. Grinkeeper will stop walking as soon as she hears this. So we take him out now? I mean, it doesn't seem... Right, if it's just eggs popping out in these little tadpoles, maybe we can kill one of these tadpoles. Okay, you want to be on that duty? I can't see him. I'll keep an eye on him. Uh, I'll keep an eye on him, and I don't know, maybe we can, maybe he can help us fight until then. And then we'll keep walking, but Co just sort of stand back, be kind of a pace behind Church as they walk. Cool. So Grinkeeper leads the way, and you gesture Spl- Splendor Belt to take up a little more of the front end of things. Yeah. Splendor Belt, do you accept? Yes. With full right. trust. And then we head towards Hank Tom's house. Mac heads along. He takes a, he puts his back to the little kind of miniature cliff edge I talked about there where the tide hits on the first go, about two feet of sand above. And he points his spear gun at Hank Tom's house, already riddled with arrows, with spears, with harpoons, as I talked about earlier. The windows are broken. Or what? There have been no windows here. Uh, the glass ball in the net is broken. Oh, no, they got it. Oh, boy. All right, you stand outside the building. Grinkeeper kicks open the door and takes her stance at the front door. You kick open the building. The door. (laughs) The whole building. 
You see a room much like the previous, decorated with beach stuffs, a nice little cozy bed. Roll a perception. Three. You scan the room and you don't remember a thing of what you scanned. But you think you look pretty cool standing in the door like that. She still stands there thinking about how cool she looks. A bit too long if anyone's paying attention. You all stand back. See Grinkeeper standing in the door. Co, you recognize this look on Grinkeeper's face. She's not sure what she's supposed to do in there. Cole just send a little we'll send it mentally a little save face what do you see uh myself oh god oh um nothing it's the house is empty uh well there's a bed uh a blanket the glass orb was shattered you there are lots of arrows do you want to go in and look? Oh, yeah, that's a good idea. And Grinkeeper will take a step in, so now that the door actually has <laughs> space for people to walk in. Does anyone else head in? I mean, I'll follow. Co's sticking behind Church, so Church goes in, Co goes in, but right I'll, now I'll he's follow Grinkeeper. Step behind him. Church stays outside by Mac, looking around. The both of them, Mac kind of facing the beach here in the house. Church turns, turned back towards the island, so they're both kind of looking at each other's backs. Coe's just kind of hovering. Splendorbell, make a perception check. You're inside the house. All right. Perception check incoming. <sighs> Do you know how close that was to being an 18? It's a, it's a four. <laughs> I mean, it literally you, went like the little die went and fell the other way. Lame. You see nothing. Great. <laughs> Excellent. What do you say, Splinter Belt? Smash it up just to be sure. Uh, seems like a precarious choice to make, but perhaps... Eh, perhaps you are right. I have a feeling Ko would say different if he was here, but go, I say go ahead. Let's do it. Ko's not here. Yeah. And then All <laughs> right, Ko, outside of the building, you hear bang, cring, bang, cring. It sounds a lot like two, three uh, maces smashing everything inside the building. Yep. Uh, do I recognize this as not the sound of combat, but more the sound of... Uh turning the place over with weapons uh with your passive inside of 12 you can make a guess you've known your companions long enough ko is just gonna look at the other two and just sort of give a nod like this is how it's done this is how professionals work but inside he's a little disappointed you guys bang up the place you break all the the bottles the the mugs, the cabinets. Grinkeeper, you bang on that bed for a little bit, but, you know, it's kind of got some give to it, so it doesn't quite break up, but eventually it does. 
Ko, from your position, you see one of the floorboards break downward in the bed and out rolls this red, slimy-looking creature. A little lanky, but still small, maybe three feet long. That dropped under the house? Dropped under the house, escaping through the floor, it seems. Ko would immediately send a message to the two of them saying, out here, and would ready uh, daggers to be thrown. We found it! Thunderbolt, we did it! And then Grinkeeper will run out. Yeah, I'll run out too. Clawing out towards the beach, you see a great red frog-like creature. Lanky. With that sort of double joint that it has, as though uh, looking at it, it looks like a halfling male, perhaps. Though his foot has extended to the point where his toes became the greater foot. And this great froggy face with all these gnarls and wrinkles looks up at you. It's got these great long claws. But even looking at them from here, you can see that the claws end in these sharp points. But kind of like a a doctor's needle, they're hollow. And he is crawling, you know, grasping at the sand, trying to make it out towards the water. And he's moving gonna pretty slowly. Throw a dagger. I'll post he's a picture gonna... there for you guys. Ooh. Make your attack. Uh, he's going to do an aimed shot to throw only one dagger, but throw it with advantage. Okay. This guy's cool, man. I like him. Probably good. Uh, 19. 19 is, is a hit. The advan- All right. So that's going to be 10 initial damage on the throw with nine additional psychic damage from the sneak attack. 19, nice. You hit it, and it gives out a... Kill me! And he keeps crawling down the beach. Grinkeeper will run after it with her warhammer for two attacks. Matt goes, no, no, that's Hank Tom there. What are they doing to him? And Church throws him <laughs> back on the sand. Stop it. Stop it. Mac, you sit. You stay. It's Hank Tom. He's still alive. He's still okay. Grinkeeper, you're running at it? 26 for the first hit. <laughs> Grinkeeper runs. Run, so, kill me! <laughs> Grinkeeper begins obliging. <laughs> Splendorbelt, do you join in? I mean, I would have heard his exclamations and thoughts that would have had a slight hesitation here. Um, But I'll join in I'll I'll join in but I don't want to do I don't want to do lethal damage I just want to you know subdue this thing well you could join in with a uh, with a a hammer of force that doesn't do I mean you can always declare your weapons aren't lethal either right Uh, but there's other checks you could perhaps make I mean you are seasoned in all sorts of ailments maybe there's something you could do to help them Hmm. Just trying to decide what he would do. Like how would he? How would he handle this? Greenkeeper rolled damage in the background here. 
13 damage. Cool. Okay, I know what I'd do. I would hurl my uh, Staff of the Python out in front of him for its <laughs> transformation into Python, but to not attack or do damage. Just the the presentation of its of of it turning into a python, a big nasty snake, to try to halt it, slow it down, you know, bring it to bear. Okay. If I'm allowed to do such things. <laughs> yeah, let's. Uh, I'm gonna look up a constrictor snake here and see what it's minus. Or no, that doesn't make sense. Okay, here's what we're gonna do. It's gonna be your intimidation. You're going to intimidate the creature via the summon snake. Okay. Right? Okay. That's the goal. Yeah, yeah. And I don't know cool. how much skill you want me to have to have or not have when tossing it. Because the idea is I want to get it out like in front of him and then <laughs> turn into a snake and then sort of, you know, we're behind him. Snake's in front of him. He doesn't really have anywhere to go. It's a magical staff. I mean, Rita threw her staff from the moon, so, you know, I'd say it it goes where you want. <laughs> Good point. All right, I'll do that. Um, so you want an intimidation roll? Yes. Okay. 19. 19. All right. So you throw out your staff. It sinks in the sand, transforms into a snake. And it... Ah! It's being smashed by a hammer of Grinkeeper, but it stops crawling towards the water and instead kind of and kind of turns itself and tries to crawl around the snake, but shrieks in horror of it and lets loose a It's like a frog fart. Alright, I guess we're not really in turn order. I'm going to keep attacking it. Same with Grinkeeper. So who here is attacking lethally? Grinkeeper. Me. Me. And go. Okay. Lethally. Yeah. I'm all not right. even communicating this, although I guess I could because we're all in each other's heads. So I would actually finish that turn, if if you will, with me saying in my head to our little walkie-talkie connection, I am not so sure we should kill it first. We perhaps stop it, talk to it. If it's still a problem, we kill it. But uh, the hippie man, he's yelling its name, saying is, is someone's alive and we should probably I, maybe don't kill it or do. And just, the, that and, conversation continues in the background. It's Tom. It's Tom. He's gone, man. Sit down. He's gone. It ain't Tom no more. Co will receive Splendor Belt's mental like, I don't know what we should do. Can the snake? Sorry. I'm just debating if it seems wrong not to tell Grinkeeper that that was his wish, but at the same time, Ko's kind of in the he's gone camp. Hold on. I'm going to leave it up to fate because I can't decide. Ko doesn't pass on his message. Grinkeeper will keep smashing then. All right. Grinkeeper continues the smash. Unless you want to intervene in some way, Splendor Belt, Grinkeeper will continue her smash. No, I wouldn't. I wouldn't try to intervene other than, you know, had my say. But I will know I won't be trying to kill it anymore. And it looks up as you as you bring down your hammer and smash it. Thank you! And its eyes just go completely black. 
and it lets out a growl and a howl and kind of reaches up at you as you bring down your hammer once again and smash it. And it stops moving. Oh, man. And that's where we end for today. <laughs> oh, no. Oh, dear. With the tide rolling in, with dark shadows out in the water circling. Love it. The episode ends for next time. That's pretty good. All right. <laughs> well done. That was a great ending. Uh, well, as you can see, we're in a weird place, everybody. Uh, I'm, there's a moral quandary right now happening with Potato Man, and uh, we'll see how that all pans out next week. In the meantime, don't forget, it's on you to head on over to our website, therewillbedungeons.com. And when you go there, become an, uh Dungeons Plus member. It's really easy, and you get bonus stuff every month, including bonus shows and episodes, Q&As, that sort of stuff, and things mailed to you in the mail. You don't uh, have enough details? Well, they're all there, so go read them. Uh, you can find it again at therewillbedungeons.com. And a big thanks to everybody who supports us over there already. Uh, I think that'll do it for us. We'll be back next week with another show. Until then, for me, for Kyle, for John, uh, who else is here? <laughs> Kristen, <laughs> the baby. Uh, there's, <laughs> there's all sorts of stuff going on. Uh, we are uh, very excited to be back here with you next time. In the meantime, be good. Stay safe. And we'll see you then. This show is part of the Frog Pants Network. Frog Pants Network. Get more shows like this at frogpants.com. <laughs>